Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman. Common problem for WWE superstars. Like, they never know how to react to the lights going off. Like, Undertaker made a career out of that. And the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Why did no one who feuded with The Undertaker over all these years just bring a flashlight down to the room? <laughs> You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Can you imagine that, like, <laughs> shielding his eyes, like, hissing as he runs away or something? <laughs> like, some goth kid. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another morning edition What of the Super Spark Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am your New Jersey kid, Joshi, and alongside my tag team partner, the rogue wrestling Mr. Michael Newman. How you doing this morning, Newman? Ooh, wide awake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we normally we normally record this at night, yeah. so we're, we're trying to get through with our last bits of energy, but today, this is the first priority. Mm-hmm. So we are. I've not finished my cup of coffee yet, so I've got all the energy in the world. Yeah, you got all the energy in the world. So, uh, man, speaking of all the energy in the world, a lot of people, and I mean uh, by that, everybody on Raw apparently, including every single man who's not going to be at the pay per view, is really excited about Evolution. Oh my god, <laughs> it's a mystery. <laughs> I totally what? forgot about this. Uh, what did you think of this whole announcement and build throughout Raw? The announcement was fine, and obviously you could do the normal recaps, right? Of just mm-hmm. like, hey, uh, check out what Steph said, and maybe just have all the women uh, make some statements. Mm-hmm. The The only one I liked was on SmackDown, which was AJ, because he was talking about having a daughter, right? And so that felt really... Yeah, that makes re- sense. Like, AJ's an established family man, babyface character. So, for him to he it, he didn't have to bend too far to relate to this evolution pay per view, right? But then, like some of them, like the all of a sudden, just like Chad Gable and Finn Balor are just chatting yeah. backstage, like, "Oh man, are you are you so excited for Evolution? Hey, yeah, yeah. that pay per view that neither of us are going to be on. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be so odd. Like, all right, if you want to get excited about that, then maybe maybe this should have been like talking about like, oh man, who wonder who's going to like. Maybe there are going to be other names that come back from the past. Like, what if Lita comes back? What if Trish yeah. Stratus comes back? Like, yeah, like do stuff that, like that. That maybe. would have been a great set. Like, have them talking about the, their memories of mm. these these other women, right? Like, have Gable and Finn sitting there going, like, oh, remember when like Trish and Lita like main evented Raw and stuff like that? Like, mm-hmm. from their perspective, they probably watched it live at the time. Right. Exactly. They would. That would have been the time when they were fans. Probably. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. That would have been much better than them just arbitrarily being like, man, I'm really excited that this is going to happen. <laughs> Especially because at this point, it's it's a very still abstract concept, right? Like, we know that it's going to be an all-women's pay-per-view. We know there's going to be title matches and stuff like that. But we still don't know, like, exactly what it's going to be like. So why have people talking about it now and mm-hmm. maybe have these conversations later when it's like, the, the names start getting announced, then you can have the wrestlers like coming out and saying, like, "Oh, I'm excited to see so and so come back." Like, right? Like, I feel like yeah. If, if the other way they could have maybe gone about this to give them a little bit something to do would have been if they had mentioned more about what's going to be on this pay per view. Like, yeah. Maybe if they had teased that like the finals for the Mayon Class are going to be on it, 
or if they're going to be a women's tag team tournament and then that's going to be concluding at this pay-per-view like you know, something to grab onto they're i really think they have to have the tag team titles come out of this pay-per-view right i think that'd be a really good one to do because yes you have the three title defenses of raw smackdown and nxt of the women's titles mm-hmm. which is great but i still think you need that like that topping right we like would, that you need something to happen that's actually unique right because there's yes, no unique exact, match type that's happening like yeah. the women have main evented shows and pay-per-views before they just haven't been the only one on a show before but even then like if you look at the mayon classic that's a whole tournament of just women so you know mm-hmm. that's a whole tournament instead of just one pay-per-view I think are they are they arguing that that was a network only thing and then this is like a regular event that's but also going to be the... on. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's because they it's, really it's, it's on they truly need. Too. I guess that's the idea. Yeah, that that's what I was trying to say. But I think they really need to like nail down this. What are these events in quotes? Right, like you and I have like always just like kind of like skirted around the subject of like we call them pay-per-view still sometimes we call them network of like i think they really need to kind of like establish like what is this thing (laughs) although you know what as far as wording stephanie did call this a pay-per-view because it's also gonna it's gonna be on pay-per-view right like i'd imagine so yeah yeah Yes, I don't. It's it's odd, but yeah. As far as like, what would this one mean? If you put in like the birth of the women's tag division at this event, then it would actually mean something. This yes. would actually be an event. Like, oh, well, hey, remember Evolution when they crowned the first ever tag team champions for the women? Yeah. Like, you know, then it would actually make sense that there's there's a point to it. And guess what? That would lead up into what Evolution is. It's mm-hmm. the next step. Like, okay, yeah. we have these singles titles. I think WWE way back in the day had women's tag team titles. Mm-hmm. So it could be like, hey, we, we're coming either back to that or this is the next step of that. Something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, they could do that. Or like if they were going to crown like, say, uh, like the first ever NXT UK women's champion or something. Like maybe oh, that'd yeah. be another thing they could do for like evolving the brand, right? Yeah. That one, I would lean more towards the tag team titles because, like you said, right? Like they have all these singles titles, so it's just mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, just another singles title, cool. <laughs> like, and not, I'm not trying to shit on the women. Like, I think it's a great thing for them and stuff like that. But it's just like, yeah, it's just another singles title. But yeah, exactly. The tag titles would be a very unique, fun thing, and it, it's the thing that they need right now. They have so yeah. many women's tag teams that could work. I I think though the prediction would be if they do do the tag team titles i think sasha and bailey take it right i would think they would definitely have to be a favorite right like yeah. whether they take it or if they're like the the ones that were supposed to cheer for the whole time but then it ends up being like i don't know like i'm trying to think of somebody else that they would really want to put it on but i can't pinpoint it right now because i don't think that they're that hot behind like either the iconics or absolution or anybody like that no they definitely would be hotter for bailey and sasha the only other one I could think of was like if um like if say for example Kyrie comes up soon and then if like mm-hmm. she debuts and then teams up with Oscar or something then like maybe they'd put them on them. Yeah. Or like Becky and Charlotte maybe. Maybe Becky and Charlotte, but I feel like they they always look at Charlotte as like too much of a single star. So I don't yeah. think they'd want to burden her with the tag titles if that makes sense because she's like well, their Cena. My thought on that though would be like 
it would fit her character though if she just wants all the gold, right? Like mm, so. Totally. That's another. That'd be a good way to put it too. Mm. So yeah, actually, if if they listen to us, they can make a good case for it. <laughs> yeah, because Becky is straight fire right now. Straight fire, man! I want to see her get that SmackDown Women's Title back. Oh just my god, it's take it away from Carmella because this is especially now that you're getting rid of Ellsworth. All right, because they fired Ellsworth. Yes. I, I, did you see it coming so fast? Like, I thought this is... So, all right, well, here's my thought. If he's actually gone from the company, which it seems like he is, this is really dumb. If, like, Because I, I, I really wanted to keep him and Carmella together. I think they work. But if you mm-hmm. didn't want to do that, then like, why not put him on 205 Live? Or why bring him back at all? Well, because then, yeah, that's the other... It's like they, they were so against the idea of putting the title on Asuka that they had to book themselves out, like, they had to go rehire James Ellsworth. For, what, a month? Yeah, for a month to get her through uh, two pay-per-view matches. And that's it. Like, so they brought him back just to ruin Asuka. Yeah. (sighs) Basically. It's like, when you think this company just can't get any dumber or sink any lower, they always surprise me. And I gotta wonder how, like, it feels for him, right? Like, he was really upset the last time that he got, like, let go. And for them to be like, oh, yeah, we're bringing you back. I'm sure he was like, oh, great. Like, I'm getting another shot. And then they're just like, a month later, nope. Yeah, I don't don't know what the hell's going on with this. This is just silly nonsense. Um, But it looks like he's gone, I guess. So, that sucks. And the other thing, too, is like, all right, look, if he was just gonna be gone, gone... Then why even bother, like, why have Paige be the one that just finally kicks him out? Like, why not let it be Asuka, the one person that he fucked over the whole time he was here? Yeah. Like, let her get the actual proper vengeance and, like, kick his ass out the door or something. Like, come on. But yeah, no, I would, I would really much prefer him to just stay with the company, stay with Carmella, have the title been on Asuka. Because, look, like, Carmella and Ellsworth work together. Yes. It works. Because, like, she, there is a weird thing. Like, it works for her to have, like, a really cucky kind of, like, beta male underneath her that she can just boss around. That works. Yeah. And he works is in that annoying role. annoying as shit. <laughs> yeah, he's good at drawing. It, he was so great, too, on that little promo there with AJ before yeah. they kicked him out. That was awesome. During fourth the whole, like, times the charm. <laughs> fourth times no, the charm. No, that's not what it is. <laughs> it will be after I beat you. Like, <laughs> it was so good. I don't know why they're. Well, maybe he's. Is he just like because he's like too much of a freak? Like, do they just not like him? So like everybody on our TV has to be a certain level of attractive, <laughs> otherwise they're under a mask. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the hatred is. But speaking of another promo on SmackDown that was really good, what did you think of Randy Orton? Oh, fantastic! This is the Randy that you and I just love, right? Like. The Randy we've we've always wanted. <laughs> yeah, this I feel like our views on Randy Orton are the same as Randy Orton's views on Randy Orton. Yes. When, when he's forced to play a babyface, he just wants to go home. He doesn't yeah. want to be there. But then when he's allowed to be a heel, he's like, all right, I'm excited to come to work. Let's get into it. I think he enjoys the pop of a babyface like when he returns. Mm-hmm. And he enjoys that for about like a week or maybe a couple weeks. And then after that, it dies off fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because like he, he probably gets that rush like when he hits an RKO on somebody and people pop. You know, that's nice. Yeah. But yeah, he, he definitely seems to get far more satisfaction out of like really being a heel. Yeah, and can, can we also think about this for a second? Jeff Hardy took this week off for getting his ear pulled. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is great selling. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And it just, like, this is such a great promo in of itself. Like, not only is it, like, Randy Orton in general a good heel, but I thought, like, this was definitely one of his best promos he's ever given. Oh, definitely. This is top. Top, yeah. Because, like, it just, it really felt heartfelt. Like, it didn't feel, like, obviously, to some extent, it probably is scripted, right? But it really didn't feel like it was scripted. Like, it really felt like he meant everything that he was saying. Yeah. And because I think probably a part of it is a little true, right? He probably does mm-hmm. feel like the fans have like turned on him at certain points and stuff like that. So it probably came from a real place. Well, they have. They have. There have been like a. I mean, do you remember the fucking notorious like shit feud and match of like Randy Orton versus Sheamus? Like how many times we got that and how every time the crowd was just like, fuck this. <laughs> so like there have been times where the crowd really have turned on this guy. So. When he's frustrated with them, I bet it is legitimate a little bit. But at the same time, like, it, you know, it's, it's exciting to see the real evolution of his character because, like, we get to see... It, it looks like he's becoming the legend killer again, but in a different way now, right? He's squashing the future legends. Yes. The indie darlings. He, he's... Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I totally forgot to bring this up but already, but, uh... He, uh... <clears throat> He he's a better version of Baron Corbin, like yes. Corbin's character of the indie killer. Yeah, go back, go back to Ring of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> but Randy's just gonna do it in a much better way. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll see. This is a good foundation, but WWE always has a problem of capitalizing. So uh, we'll see. But I I would really like to see him. Yeah, feud with a couple of younger guys. Um. Yeah, I'd like to see who he could put over. Because, like, you know who I would really like to see? I would like to see him maybe go after Ty Dillinger. He, that guy needs something. Yeah. He needs a feud to sink his teeth into. And, like, maybe Randy Orton can, like, force something out of him. I think like, it would, like, him going after Ty would, like, already elevate Ty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Um, Let's see. Uh, ooh, oh my gosh. Although, speaking of other things that I love to see on the same episode of SmackDown, what did you think of that Almas, Almas and Rusev match? Oh, that was fantastic. And I love the storyline that they're doing with Rusev Day. Mm-hmm. Because instead of, um, like, trying to decide between, uh, why am I blanking on their names? Wow. Lana and Aiden? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it might be that, like, he just drops both of them. Yeah, so where, where do you think they're going with this, or where do you want them to go with this? I mean, I really don't think they're going to drop Lana from him, because mm-hmm. I don't I just don't know what else you do with her. So it's probably going to be Aiden, but this is a nice, like, misdirection, maybe. Mm-hmm. So you think it ends up with just the, the split of Aiden from Rusev? Probably. And Lana again? Yeah, I could see that. You know what? 
they they could go that direction, but I think honestly it would be a mistake. I think that Aiden English is actually more important to the Rusev Day gimmick than people give credit. So you think you you don't think they would go that far then? No, I think they will, and I think it's going to be a mistake. Oh, uh, okay. Because <laughs> I think that because like part of part of what I think the charm of Rusev Day gimmick is right is that Rusev <clears throat> is this like lovable like foreigner who doesn't quite understand like our customs, our language one hundred percent. Like he's a little bit off, mm-hmm. right? And he's like very like big and lovable. Like I feel like he needs somebody who's like a bit of a sidekick but like somebody who i don't know like lana lana isn't quite the right sidekick like she's a good part of the overall act for rusev day but i think aiden english is more important like he needs a like a male sidekick like in the same way that like uh do you know like don quixote yeah like don quixote needs a sancho panza and it's it's not a it's not a perfect metaphor but like I do think that, like, Aiden English, he's, like, that character that helps, like, ground Rusev and, like, I don't know. There's there's just something. I can't quite put my finger on it right now. But I feel like he's crucial to the Rusev Day act, like, really working at its highest level. Mm-hmm. Like, even just besides the, the singing? Yeah, because I, I think the singing is not, like, that's a nice little addition to it, but I think it's just the fact that, like, He's Rusev's friend, and he's the one that, I think it was like, I don't know. I don't know, what are your, what are your thoughts? Like, do you think he needs Aiden, or do you think uh, Rusev could just do it all on his own? I think possibly he could do it all on his own, but I think Aiden does help. Because, like, I feel like Aiden, one, it he helps him talk for when Rusev doesn't need to talk. Because, like, Rusev should be kept to, like, a very short, small talking role, right? Because, like, you need to keep up his, like, broken English language. Like, that's part of the Rusev Day gimmick. And mm-hmm. then Aiden can help fill in those sorts of things. But then at the same time, Aiden can also be the guy who can, like, sort of get hit and, like, draw sympathy. And then Rusev can kind of, like, save him and step up. Like, gotcha. it shows it shows off... I think, I think that's what it is. It shows off an element of Rusev's personality... That makes him more likable because the fact that he can be friends with Aiden English makes him more like it softens him up. Yeah, it shows a different side of him that we haven't seen yet. Right, like in the same way that like you know mankind sort of softened the image of the Rock, made yes. him more relatable and likable. Because I was like, oh well, if he can become soft enough to become friends with McFoley, then that shows that there's more to his character. I think that's what it was because like with Rusev and Lana. It's very understandable as to why he's with Lana. I mean, she's hot as fuck. He just wants to plow that. like, And that doesn't garner sympathy, right? No, that actually makes you way more of a heel. Right. So I think that's why Aiden is important. Aiden helps keep him a babyface. Because if he can be friends with Aiden, then he can't be that bad of a guy, really. Can he? Because no. like, Aiden English is just like a singer. He's just a singer guy. So like, if you're friends with him, you can't be that bad of a guy. That's it. That's why he's important to the act. Gotcha. It took me a little while to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you, you eventually got there. That was that was really literally thought in motion because I didn't have the answer going into that. Um, hmm. Speaking of answers, though, what did you think of? No, nope, I can't make that transition work. <laughs> what did you think of Ms. and Mrs. thing, the fake baby? 
Oh, that I actually really liked. I thought that was awesome. It it made so much sense because like obviously yeah, Daniel Bryan's gonna want to punch him, and then like when he realizes it's baby, it was just like it was perfect, and it was such a great heel move by the Miz. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I did, actually that he was the, the only... so low as to like <laughs> trick his opponent by bringing out a baby that's pretending to be his own. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, though. What were you saying? Uh, I was just going to say, like, what did you think? Did you think Brian could have possibly, like, um, realized that the baby was fake and, like, did something to it? Or do you think, like, that would still cross the line as a baby face? No, I think I think that would have been a bad idea. Like, not yeah. that it's one of those things that, like, oh, well, if he found it out that it's an uncrossable line, but just, like, from an optics sort of thing, like, it makes sense to... I guess this is one of the few times I guess Rob would argue for stupid baby face syndrome (laughs) (laughs) is that like it's better to because like if you're going to err in one way or the other, it's better to err in baby in Dana Bryan not recognizing that it's a fake baby than him recognizing that it's a fake baby and some of the audience doesn't. And then being like, why the fuck is he attacking a baby? Because then even, because like, also the other thing is like, if he knows that it's a fake baby and he attacks it, then like, what kind of character is he that he's willing to stoop to such tactics as like, I'm going to intimidate you by making you think that I'm attacking a real baby. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's not the kind of baby face that Data Brian is. <laughs> like, that's, that's, I don't even, I don't think there's any baby face that could do that. That's a pretty heel move. <laughs> It is. So yeah, I think it was a lot. It made a lot more sense to do it this way, and like it shows that like it's that's a good. It shows off like by be, Daniel Bryan being a dumb babyface here, he actually becomes more of a babyface by because him being tricked by this, he like has that instinctual like holy shit I have to catch this thing, like because he's not having to think like oh wait why the fuck would Miz throw his own baby at me yeah like. He doesn't have time to think about it. No, that. he just goes into dad mode of there's a baby yeah, that needs just, to be caught. Holy shit, there's a baby. I need to save it. Like, can we also talk about like how perfectly he caught that baby too? Like mm-hmm. caught it and had it in the right position where like the head's on the upper arm. Like... I know, right? Like if that was a real baby, he would have saved it. <laughs> like, he just caught it right into a cradle. <laughs> my, my question is, has he practiced that? Or... <sighs> you really hope not, right? <laughs> Maybe Breeze throwing a birdie around. I don't yeah, know. I was gonna say, what are they doing, birdie? Breeze getting into, yeah, you know, she's getting drunk, going into Brimo, just throwing birdies. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh my god, birdie! <laughs> Maybe that's why they named her Birdie because she's gonna throw it around a lot. She's flying, like all that practice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. No, I I thought this was great. This is a great segment. And like just yeah, it was it was a good segment because it, it, we had to have a strong segment to give Miz some heat, right? Because well, here's the other question that like this this is such an interesting situation. There are a lot of people in WWE whose contracts are coming up soon. Daniel Bryan being one of them. Do you feel like a lot of how this feud plays out is dependent on whether he signs or not? Uh... My thinking is that, like, if he signs, like, he stays with them, he'll beat Miz. If he doesn't, Miz is going to beat him, and then he's gone. But apparently all the rumors are that he's leaning towards signing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I mean, if I had to guess, I don't know. He's such an interesting guy, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, he, if he hadn't had a kid, I guarantee he would not be signing. But the fact that he has the kid now, it's like, man, you know what? Like, Yeah, I need that consistent income. and Right, it's like it's a lot more money uh, and probably more likely for a lot more time, too. Like, he... He's the type of guy that I feel like if he left, that he could probably still eventually come back under some sort of like Legends contract or something like that. But if he stays now, then it's just more guaranteed money now. And you're more likely that there's that guarantee later on, too, that like when he eventually does have to really retire, you know, there'd probably be something else for him to do there. Like, you know, and I don't think he'd necessarily want to do like the general manager role again, but maybe he'd want to go down to NXT and train people, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to do that. He would be a great trainer. Yeah, I mean, he's like such a goddamn good wrestler. It's insane. Um, but yeah, like, I, yeah, because he, yeah, I feel like he's probably going to stay if I had to put my money on it. I feel like AJ's going to stay. Um, but Nakamura, I don't know. I could see him uh, going back to New Japan. I don't know. I think he's really digging the heel character. I mean, I think so too, but I could also understand the rationale of like, thinking that like it took WWE this long to start trying to figure something out with him. And mm. then even then it's like, all right, well it's going good right now. But then again, you guys might just kind of stop caring about me again. Whereas like with new Japan, there's definitely more of like that proven track record of like, you know, that he's a valued talent. And now with like him having gone away for a little while, he could come back and he could have like a whole new element to his character too. Like not just being the character or the King of strong style, but also like, you know, the guy that, you know, went away to WWE a little bit, like kind of betrayed the company for a while. And now he's mm. back. Like that could be a whole interesting character to run. It could be, but I, I still think that uh, Nakamura like enjoys the environment of at least the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't hey, know exactly about if you like the U S new Japan's expanding. Yeah, sure. So there's that to consider. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, then there's also, I guess, uh, Gallus and Anderson. Their contracts are up. Maybe I WWE think, just releases them. I don't know. I think they might just stay. I mean, if 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 yeah, if I were them, they'd probably just stay, right? Like, just more money. More money for like what they were doing in New Japan. Like, I'm sure they might have been making equal to maybe more. I don't know, mm-hmm. but um. The, the travel over there definitely has to be, uh, like, a huge negative, so. I guess. I guess it really just depends on, like, what you prefer as far as traveling. Because it seems like, yeah, obviously going to New Japan, like, if you're you know, going to Japan, if you're not living there, that's quite a trip. But the, the amount of dates that you're working, it seems like a lot less overall. Whereas with WWE, it's like you're just, you are always on the road, period. Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know if we'll see. Because, like, I don't know, at least for me, like, I would I would rather do, like, a longer trip, but then just have longer break in between, like, not having to travel around all the time. Like, WWE is just constant, like, you're never not traveling unless you're fucking injured. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That would be, that'd be rough. I feel like, for me personally, I prefer New Japan. Like, even if I was living in America, I'd rather, like, all right, I'm going to fly to New Japan or fly Japan, I'm going to be there for like a week or so, working these different shows, 
then I'll come back, then I'm here for like a week. I don't know. I think I'd rather do that. Yeah. But we'll see. But, I mean, he's got a hot Asian wife, Carl Anderson, so maybe, maybe he likes being over there. <laughs> I just saw, they, they posted a video there asking the wrestlers, like, who their celebrity crush was mm-hmm. growing up. And I think he liked, um, uh, what's her name from Saved by the Bell? Oh, Zach Morris? No, no, no. It was the girl. The, oh, oh, Kelly, Kelly. Kapowski. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And he goes, he was like, yeah, but, you know, now I have a hot Asian wife, so. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's all good. But uh, speaking of things being all good, or maybe not all good, I don't know. Um, Bailey and Sasha seem to be very much back on the same page now. And oh, neither Jesus. of them are going to SmackDown, even though last week when they lost that match, didn't that mean that one of them was going to have to get drafted? Yes. But so, then, why stick to the storylines and scripts, right? I know. Like, fuck it. Why? Why bother? Uh, I don't know. Like, what, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? This storyline just needs a fucking end at this point, right? Right? Well, it's been going on for months, and it's a will-they-won't-they they that's really bad. It's really bad if it stays a will-they-won't-they. They. It just it needs to resolve one way or the other, right? Yes. Yeah, so either... Like, either I don't care if they up. fall in love. Mm-hmm. I don't care <clears throat> if they just stay together as friends. I don't care if they turn on each other. Like, I just want something. At this point, it I feel like it makes a lot more sense for them to just stay together for now, especially if they're going to do, please let them do, a women's tag team division tournament. Yeah. Like, because then, boom, there you go. They're in that. And then, yeah, like, then eventually when they do turn on each other, it will mean even more because then they will have been tag team partners for a long time. Because it's WWE, and that's just how things happen. Tag team partners turn on each other. Yeah. But then they'll get back together and it'll be okay. Then they'll be back together. And then it'll be okay. And then, <laughs> although speaking of getting things back together and being okay, uh, what do you think of Owens here trying to kind of get some revenge finally here on Braun and get the uh, Money in the Bank briefcase at SummerSlam? I, I like this. I think that this is what Owens is good at, right? Is, mm-hmm. like, sneaking his way into these, like, opportunities and things like that. And it... Uh, complaining he he's the guy he's the um teacher's pet so to speak mm-hmm. where he's like going to stuff like stuff i think i should get this and stuff goes yeah of course like yeah exactly like as long as it's somebody like stephanie who will do shit like that because for him because if, when it was shane you know <laughs> it didn't work out so well no but yeah he's a uh, i don't know with wwe likes to do these sorts of things where there's like if somebody has a really specific stipulation then that means that that stipulation happens. So I'm I'm thinking, I don't. I'm very much thinking Owens might win here. Do you think Owens wins the Money in the Bank briefcase? It's really tough because I do, but I'm not just like, wow, I can't imagine them taking it off of Braun. Yeah, because uh, you know, but I could almost see. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, now that I think about it, like, do you think they're kind of cooling off on Braun? Kind of. I, it's so. It's weird because, like, all right, I we I think we both definitely thought that, like, all right, it was a weird choice to give Braun the briefcase in the first place, right? Yes, because he was just always going to be guaranteed a title shot at some point, right? Like, right, like the way that he's booked, it was like, how the fuck is this guy not getting a title shot, let alone being the champion already? Yeah, 
and then he just has the briefcase, and then he's just kind of, like, sitting on it for a while. Like, I don't know why he didn't just straight up the next night say, like, hey, I'm challenging Lesnar. Let's go. Yeah. You know, then maybe or, even Kurt like, Angle would have like, oh, well, you have to challenge him at a pay-per-view. You can't just challenge him now. <laughs> and also, like, usually, like, they'll cut some kind of promo saying, like, I'll cash this in at some point. Like, mm-hmm. and maybe not give specifics, but, like, at least talk about it a little bit more. And I feel like Braun hasn't, right? Yeah, and that's that's so weird, too. Like, that doesn't even make sense for Braun's character. I feel like it would have made, like, of all the people to win it. If Braun wins it, he should have immediately just been like, hey, I'm cashing it in, like, I'm challenging the champion, let's go. Like, yeah, whether he gives a specific date or if he's just like, let's do it as soon as possible. Like, because he, Braun Strowman's character, in his mind, he thinks he could beat anybody, right? Yes. So then he why knows the fuck he would he wait? Like, he yeah. knows that he can win. So, like, why the fuck is he just sitting around? I don't know. This is stupid. But then, so we're, they just kind of fucking sat around. They threw him in a feud with Kevin Owens. And then now they're putting the stipulation together. And I don't know. I, I guess it could just be one of those things that's just, we're trying to build drama and make you think that Braun can lose. The briefcase, therefore, this match has stakes. Mm-hmm. Because I could still definitely see them very much. Because up until they mentioned this was happening... I totally thought that they were going to go the idea of, like, all right, Roman finally beats Brock or whatever. Either that or he, like, just barely doesn't beat Brock and then he's going to get screwed by Braun. Or he just barely beats him and then Braun comes out and cashes in. Then it's like, oh, no, Roman Reigns has been screwed again. (laughs) And then we're supposed to believe into this, uh, like, WrestleMania build of, like, oh, no, Roman Reigns has to overcome the evil Braun Strowman. (laughs) (laughs) And get the... And finally be coronated as the champion. (laughs) Like, oh, that's God. where I thought they were going with it. I think they still might. Like, Kevin Owens just might be a red herring, and they're still going to go with this. Like, Roman Reigns finally beats Brock Lesnar. Strowman comes out and cashes in immediately afterwards, and then we're supposed to hate Strowman, <laughs> even though we're all going to cheer him as he beats Roman. I was going to say, Roman. meanwhile. Yeah, meanwhile, everybody will boo Roman winning the title and then cheer when Strowman comes out. Oh man, what's what's your read on this whole situation? We got the Braun, Kevin, Roman, Lashley, Lesnar situation. I mean, it definitely needs to not be Lesnar and Reigns again. This is Reigns and Lesnar four, I think. <sighs> Something's got to give, right? Yeah, something really has to give, especially because like even to set up this match, they made the match. At the last pay-per-view, fucking pointless. Yes. Like, so Bobby Lashley beats Roman Reigns at the pay-per-view. And is like, the announcers said, like, oh, he's the unofficial number one contender. Yeah. And then they have a number one contenders tournament leading back to the same match. But then Roman wins? Like, what? Yeah. And this is, yeah, this is so boring. Very stupid. But... It's just, uh, you know, I, we've pointed this out before, but I think Vince McMahon is the single-handedly, like, worst thing that's killing the creativity of this company. He just, he can't get over this idea that somehow Roman Reigns has to, like, be the guy and have this big crowning moment that's just, it's too late. I mean, the, the weirdest part is, though, is, like, look how bad Raw is some weeks and then... The next night on SmackDown, SmackDown will be great. 
Mm-hmm. And so many people are just like, oh, yeah, like, SmackDown's so much greater. But it's just like, I want to know what's going on for that. Because Vince is still, the, like, the final editor of both shows. Like, everything is still going through him. So, mm-hmm. I just don't know how one is so much better than the other. <laughs> like... Maybe, yep. I think it just he just gets these, like, fixations, right? Like, he just gets these diamonds in his eyes for certain guys. Mm. Like, whether it's Roman Reigns or whether it's John Cena. Like, he just, he gets a certain guy in his head and then it's like, oh, it's everything is about them. And then if he, I guess if he can get himself into an environment where that's not an option, then things can be better. Hmm. Because, yeah, you know what, the other thing to point out as far as, like, something I think that SmackDown does better other than overall their feuds being better, it being a shorter show, they are also willing to put a lot more things in the main events. Like, Daniel Bryan and The Miz was the main event from this week for SmackDown. Mm -hmm. That's not for any titles. That's just a really important feud. Yeah. Like, they're willing to give that spotlight to a lot more things. And, like, NXT does this a lot too, actually. Like, they will sometimes put, like, there's a lot more tag team main events there have been a lot more women's main events. Look like, how many times Gargano and Champa main evented a exactly. network and hell, event. I mean, just to transition right over into better territories. Holy shit, Tommaso Champa! Yeah. We have a new NXT champion. New NXT champion! Oh my god, this is a hell of a fucking match. And a great, I love the involvement of Gargano. Yeah, I, th- I thought the involvement of Gargano was necessary. Yeah, it wasn't over the top. It was just like, comes in, screws up. So now you have kind of this three-way feud of uh, Aleister Black's going to want his title back from Champa. Mm-hmm. He's also going to want revenge on Gargano for him losing the title. Gargano's going to want a feud with Champa over the title. And then Gargano's also probably going to have to fight off Aleister Black. Yeah, because it's like, oh shit, sorry. Didn't mean to fuck you over. <laughs> what if well, that's I, it? I, I what if that's Champa like the blow? So what if like it comes on, like NXT comes on next week and it's just Aleister Black and Gargano talking? He's just like, oh, sorry, man. And Aleister's like, it's all good. <laughs> hmm. Or, you know, this could even be an opportunity. I feel like, right, does this seem to me like this is Aleister, this is the end for Aleister Black? Just like with every other guy, like you lose the NXT title and then you're pretty much gone. Like, I'm not sure. Do you think he's ready for the main roster? I think he's ready. Mm. I think he. Well, let me like let me clarify. He is ready for the main roster. It's the main roster for him. The question is, does the creative team have an idea of what to do with him, and do they have a spot for him on the main roster? I mean, according to Triple H, they never bring a guy up without a plan. <laughs> Suck a dick. You fucking liar. What was the authors of Pain's plan? Feud with Titus Worldwide forever? <laughs> what was oh, wait, uh, after, after getting rid of Paul Ellering for no reason. What, what was Almas' plan? <laughs> you know what, actually? That plan wasn't anything yet, but like, I like what they're doing with him now. Yes. The match but like, AJ, before the match this, Russo, we were just like good. sitting there going, wait, what the fuck is going on? Like, he's just going to feud with Sin Cara forever. Yeah. Because he's another Mexican guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Uh, NXT, this has been really good. Uh, I feel like Aleister Black, I think he's going up. I think this is the. I think he loses here at Brooklyn. And then he's going to the main roster. 
I wonder if because I he is billed at two hundred five. Oh God, no! I, th- I think there's a chance they put him on two hundred five. And you know, you know what? what? Oh, go ahead. I just have I'm, a really interesting point about two hundred five. Like, I mean that it it's one of those things where like you hear that and you might think immediately that's a bad idea, but at the same time, like with where the rest of their rosters are at and different stuff like that, I don't know. Like that might be a better. I mean, he would be—he wouldn't be able to do too much storyline. It would just be like having great matches every week. Well, it's like you know what there's—they are starting to figure out some storyline stuff with two hundred five web, but it's just—it's not as much, and there's—it's more in-ring storytelling. That's true. Um, but what I was going to say about the two hundred five late, I was mm-hmm. uh, listening to an interview with Daniel Cormier, who's now the heavyweight and light heavyweight champion for the UFC. Mm-hmm. Do you know? what weight you have to be for light heavyweight? No, what's a light heavyweight? 205. Oh. Huh. I was like, holy shit, he has to cut down to a cruiserweight's weight? Like, <laughs> Huh. Well, there you go. I guess, I don't know, maybe they don't like the light heavyweight division. Because they used to have the light heavyweight title, right? Yes, it was. that was the cruiserweight title, basically. Yeah. But I was just blown away by that. I was like, wait a second. Daniel Cormier has to cut down, because he normally said he's normally sits at like 245, mm-hmm. which is heavyweight weight. And he's like, yeah, then if I want to fight light heavyweight, I have to cut down to 205. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> That's a lot of weight cut. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty tense. But, yeah. but, uh... So I just thought that, that was an interesting tidbit, that if you ever watch a light heavyweight UFC fight, they're the same weight as the yeah. 205 live guys. Wait, or you know what? Actually, here's an idea. Maybe they do have a long-term plan, and they were planning to bring him up to the main roster. Because, like, you know what? Like, he, in in look, the probably the closest one, even though this is going to be a heinous thing to say, would have been Baron Corbin, right? Oh, but They've yeah. stripped Baron I, I Corbin away going. of his old look, right? Now he's all corporate. So now you can put Aleister Black into his old spot, and then Aleister Black can do it better. Probably. And then you can just fire Corbin eventually. <laughs> like it's like, all right, we're giving you this last chance. You got to make this corporate gimmick work. If this doesn't work, go in the way of Cass. This is this was the plan all along. We were just waiting to get rid of you. Yeah, well, I mean, I said this like months and months ago, dude. It was like Baron Corbin needs to be scared for his job because if he doesn't think that his get like if he's special, like if he thinks that he's special, he's wrong. Because there's a guy in NXT that was doing his gimmick better than him. His name is Alistair Black. And now Alistair Black just lost the title, so he's probably going to be coming up soon. Although, you know who I would fucking love to see Alistair Black go against? would be like Samoa Joe. Like, throw him on SmackDown. Get him up against Ooh. Samoa Joe, against AJ Styles. Nakamura. Like Nakamura. Jeff, Jeff Hardy. Hardy. Randy Orton. <gasps> there you go, dude. Randy Orton's talking about wanting to squash the new guys coming up. Oh. Alistair Black comes up, bitch. <laughs> oh, Fuck. <laughs> I think Randy's gonna like earn up to that, right? Like, <laughs> maybe, yeah. He's got to kill Todd yeah, Dillinger first. <laughs> I was gonna say, Alistair, if he he can't beat Alistair, Alistair has to come in and no, no, Alistair like, Black would beat him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. oh man, yes. All right, don't put him on 205 Live, please. Give me Alistair Black versus Randy Orton. That'd be so killer. Oh, man, you could see him, like, just trying to go for the RKO, and then in the midst of it, he fucking gets black-masked. Ugh. 
That'd be insane. Insane! Insane in the membrane? In the membrane. Um, but speaking of membranes being ripped out, uh, Matanza murdered two people in Lucha Underground this week. Two Just people. straight up. Straight up. Killed uh, Vinny Massaro and the pizza guy that came to deliver the pizza. Yep. Man, like, aren't... Pizza guy was just doing his... Didn't they just have to evacuate the old temple because they murdered people in it? Like, now they're... (laughs) Now they're murdering more random people? Like, they're gonna get fanned out by the cops again soon. (laughs) Although, I guess not too soon, right? Because uh, it was a couple weeks ago when Matanza killed Castro, so... That's true. So maybe that's why... Antonio was like, "Whatever, we could just kill people now. We killed the we killed the cop." I was gonna say, "There's no more uh, insider." Yeah, the only other insider is Joey Ryan, and we've got him bought. So, yeah, we don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> we could just kill people at random, which is perfect because then Mil Muertes came down and just started fucking people up at random in the uh, Gift of the Gods title match. Well, because that's what he can do, right? That's exactly what he can do. Because it it was like a Killshot was looking like he was going to potentially be betraying them. He was like watching the match from far away because like he got ousted from this match uh, when Mac and uh, Son of Havoc got in when they beat him in the triple threat. So he was just like watching angrily from above and then McNeil came down and he was like just watching for a little while and eventually he came down to try and like help his teammates but Uh I'm trying to remember. I think he attacked I think he hit Son of Havoc first though. I'm trying to remember. Yes. I think he yeah, I think he did attack Son of Havoc first and then uh was trying to then help them, but Neil Morris has just fucked everybody's shit up. Yep. But then this gave the opportunity for the winner of the match, El Dragon Azteca, is the now gift of the gods champion. Kinda did not see that coming. So yeah. it kinda came out of nowhere. Yeah, I definitely because I I thought it was uh, I thought it was gonna be Son of Havoc, but uh-huh. this made a lot of sense. Um, it's interesting. I like I like seeing Dragon Azteca here. I don't know whether he's gonna. I could see him being one of those guys that he ends up having to like defend the the uh, Gift of the Gods title and then maybe lose it to somebody else, mm-hmm. or like maybe he cashes it in and then loses. Because I I don't know. I don't see him becoming Lucha Underground champion, or at least I definitely don't see him unseating Pentagon. Yeah, like maybe down the line he gets the championship, but definitely mm-hmm. not anytime soon. Yeah, just I feel like Pentagon is way too strong of a champion. He's just beaten uh, Matanza, and didn't he beat uh, Mil Mortez? I think already in this yes. season. Yes. And then because then he retained his championship also in uh, Aztec Warfare. So like, whoever's going to yes. eventually be the one to unseat Pentagon is either going to have to do some extreme fuckery or be like at the very top of the mountain. Yeah. Be so over that it's it's worth it, or if they're gonna do something with that person, right? Because that's a huge mm. like launching pad. Yeah, because like you know somebody who on the roster who like I would I I would I'd be totally down to see this if like say Cuerno maybe got the gift of the gods title off of Dragon Azteca, and eventually he was the one like maybe he takes advantage of like a vulnerable opportunity like maybe Matanza comes back and fights uh, Pentagon again or maybe like Cage fights pentagon like somebody like that and then like afterwards here you go here comes king cuerno the calculated hunter because <laughs> he's never won the lucha underground championship yet but like nope. he's he's somebody who i definitely feel like 
could at some point. Like, I would like to see him have it for a point. Or, you know what, shit maybe eventually come full circle on, because uh, on the very first episode was when we had that Aztec warfare, and Pentagon Jr. had a big battle with Son of Havoc in there. So maybe eventually Son of Havoc gets his chance. And then he just yeah, straight, up, straight up wins it. Like, just finally the the boyhood dream. Son of Havoc <laughs> finally wins the Lucha Underground champion. That'd be tight. I would love to see that. I don't know. Who who in the uh, Lucha Underground roster is... Is there anybody you would like to see with that title eventually? Son of Havoc, definitely. Just because I've always been a fan of Matt Cross, so... Um... Uh, I don't... Has he been around as a... Sammy Callahan been around? I'm trying to remember. Um, well, he he just recently... Him and Phoenix got killed by Mil Muertes in that triple threat... Right. Uh, death match. But, so at some point, he'll probably be back, and then he'll probably yeah. be like stronger than ever. So I'd like to see him have a run at it, just mm-hmm. because everywhere else he's doing so well. So mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah those two cool. guys. Awesome. Yeah, I'd like to see that too. Although, speaking of guys I want to see the, with the title, we just saw Drew Gulak over on 205 Live win the number one contendership in a fucking awesome four-way match, actually, against uh, TJP, Hideo Itami, and uh, Mustafa Ali. Yeah. What do you think about this? This match and the fact that finally, like, I th- I think I mean, Gulak's going to be the guy that unseats Alexander. 205 Live has been really great. So mm-hmm. it's just great to see, like, like you said, this, this little bit of a storyline keep going. Uh, great match. Uh, I'm so excited that Gulak has the number one contendership because he, he's just been killing it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah. Well, you know what I love, too, as far as, like, it, I'm sure this probably wasn't intentional on their part, but as far as, like, some long-term storytelling, like, back when Alexander, like, all those different times where he, like, won the opportunity to uh, fight for the title, but then never got his title shot. Do you remember that? And then he had to go into, like, the whole Cruiserweight tournament like everybody else. Oh, yeah. The guy that he was, like, his big rival for getting that title shot was Drew Gulak. Because he was trying oh, to fight right. Enzo Amore, who had the title at the time, and Enzo Amore's number two was Drew Gulak. So Drew Gulak has like a really strong history with Cedric Alexander, of like wanting to beat this guy, but like not really being able to, wanting to stop him from getting the title and all this stuff. But then now, now it's like come a lot farther, come full circle that Alexander's got the title, and so and Al- Gulak has just grown leaps and bounds as a performer. I think over like the last year or so. So I think he's ready. Yeah. Are you excited to see Drew Gulak as the uh, cruiserweight champion? Oh, I am because I just think he's just come so long, like far, like he's evolved a lot. So, Mm -hmm. but do you think he can make a better two Oh five live? That's the question. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Every week we start off with PowerPoints. <laughs> Actually, no, oh he's really fucking cool. And he, he would go through of how he became the, the champion. Oh, that'd be a good one. Yeah, like chronicling the history of his <laughs> journey to the title. That'd be good. Or like he could even like present to... I would love to see him present to Drake Maverick. Like, here's the new rules. Like, I'm the champion. Here are the new rules for 205 Live. <laughs> like That would be hilarious. No more top rope bullshit. 
<laughs> no more disqualif or no more uh like other things would be normally disqualifications or something like like maybe like no more rope breaks like maybe he'd I don't know would he go really old school yeah maybe he'd just go super old school mm -hmm. yeah I'd love to see that because I think that'd be really cool just idea in general right is that like champions affect their shows a little bit more like they have some kind of control right yeah, like, and not, because then even just the limited amount of, like, if they have some agency over who they grant title matches to, I think that's even really good. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess they do that to some extent, right? They just don't do it very much. Outside of, like, when a guy has, like, an open challenge gimmick. Mm-hmm. But, eh, we'll see what happens. It's a mystery, just like Evolution. <laughs> <laughs> Evolution is a mystery. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it is well understood science. <laughs> uh, All right. Gosh. Is that going to do it for us this week? I think so. All I right. Mean, so... Unless we wanted to listen to the Walk with Elias album. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should listen to that and then uh, do we a review next that week. Sometime. I should look oh, that up, I've, actually. Uh, I did want to point out that. Uh, Netflix has Boone the Bounty Hunter. That's right. I, I watched that actually a couple weeks ago. I think I... Yeah. Actually, I also now own it on DVD. Nice. <laughs> Little birthday present to myself. Treat yourself. Treat myself by supporting John Hennigan. Exactly. Yeah, yeah so that's going to do it for us this week. Alright. Uh, we will get back to you next week with Reviews of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Lucha Underground. And catch you guys next week. Yep. 205 Live, New Japan. We'll talk more about G1 next time. There's just more matches have happened. Um, you know, Constantly. A lot of them are very good. But like, it's it's still just kind of like, it's going to be another week or so until we really get the end of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, still got a little while to go. We'll update you next time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, All right, that's it. See you guys next week. Peace out, everybody.